Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. I'm sorry if the sound is a little off. The interview you're about to hear on Zoom, and when I went to edit it on audio, the microphone doesn't want to work, so yay. I'm going to have very special guest Joanna on today, and I think you're going to absolutely love her. She is on TikTok. You can find her at unlearn16, that's U-N-L-E-A-R-N 16, and um, she's just, she's fabulous. She's a high school teacher. She teaches history and politics. She's got over 300,000 followers on TikTok, and there is definitely a reason for that. Um, We kind of just jump right into the conversation when she gets on, and so you'll see why this is actually going to be a two-part series, because we had a lot to talk about, and she was extremely generous with her time. So I really appreciate that, and without further ado, here is myself, my mom, who's now obsessed with her, and Joanna. Also, please be aware that there's a couple of moments of silence that I leave in the audio. That is because we had some Wi-Fi issues with Zoom. It only happens a couple times, but I don't think it would make sense if I tried to edit those out. So hang in there and we'll get through it. I really think it's going to be worth it. Thank you. I'm Look, I'm trying to prepare my room right now and, and my goal, it's lofty, is to get 16 episodes filmed before school starts. Oh, in a month. That's right. <laughs> All right. But here's here's what I think I can do. I have quite a few people built in. Like I have people, but I also understand that I'm going to have to do podcasts on my own. Like there's just going to be podcasts where it's just going to be me chatting and talking about whatever for 45 minutes. And because I'm a teacher, it can just, you know, I can drone on for quite some time. So I'll have those. And then what I'll do, as long as I have a buffer, because if I, if I start teaching and then I'm, you know, I have something because I want to be able to post every week. Well, that's what you have to figure out first. So in podcast land, right? Mm-hmm. How often are you going to post? Are you going to do seasons? And if you set yourself up like I did, which is not good, I was trying to do it every certain amount of time and then COVID hit and right. that didn't work out. Right. So, uh, you know, I've, I had other podcasters talk about, you know, you don't want to not have an episode out. So people are wanting, but mm-hmm. then also if they're expecting it and, and if it's a podcast, they really like, it's not going to matter how often you put it out. There's ones that I get on my feed that I haven't heard from in, you know, two months and I'll listen to it as soon as it comes up. So right. I don't know how valid that really is. This is my goal. And you can tell me if I'm insane. I'm sure I am, but so I'm going to have, because I'm a teacher, I'm going to have three seasons, fall semester, winter semester, summer school. So those are my seasons. And I'm going to have, here's where I get 16 episodes, fall season, 16 episodes, winter, like winter semester, and then eight in summer school. So I am going to take breaks where they naturally fall when it comes to school stuff. Uh, maybe I'll do special ones, like a special episode or whatever, if I'm feeling, you know, if I'm feeling that. And then, and I'm going to, and I have three different sort of visual segments. So right now I'm in the middle of like, I have an upstairs bedroom that's empty. So I'm building three sets. I've gone beyond, like I've lost my, my ever loving mind is what's happened. Poor Anna. 
<laughs> and Anna hates every piece of furniture that I bought. Every single piece, she's like, what is this? I'm like, it's for my podcast. She's like, why is it old? I'm like, because it's going to look... Anyway, so I have to paint out the room. I have a guy coming over who's going to tell me what microphones and how to light properly and stuff, but I'm going to have a history politics set, a society relationship set, and a pop culture set. Well, I guess that answers my last question in the long line of... Oh, sorry. I'm ruining. I'm sorry. No, it's perfect. That's exactly what I was going to ask. What's your podcast going to be about? Do you have a name and everything? I don't have a name. It's going to have to have on Learn 16 in it somewhere, but I think something a little bit funnier with that. I haven't quite come to it yet, but I want to be, like I said, I want to be able to transition between all three. And I know some people are like, oh, you need a niche. You need to stay in your own lane. I'm like, "Ah, no, I don't do well there. I just, I find it boring for me. If I had to just talk about Doug Ford for the rest of my life. Well, I hope Doug Ford's not around for the rest of your life. There'll be another one. Let's be honest. Have you, guys, have you guys seen that new truck commercial? Which just, I've never laughed so hard. I'm going to do a TikTok about it. Hopefully tomorrow you guys can see it. But there's a union, a union, the FICO or whatever. They put out this anti, basically anti Ford, Harper and Kenny commercial. But, but they did it to like a Ford truck kind of vibe commercial. <laughs> so this broken down truck is turning around and like door falls off and the tr- top pops up. And it it's just, it was so incredibly well done. Whether you're conservative or liberal, I don't care, but this commercial is amazing. Whoever they hired. I am sure I, I see it because we're down in the US in Washington State. Oh, you're not, so you don't even know. Yeah, okay. So like, if you could imagine an anti-Trump commercial, but using the same kind of, I guess, methodology that the Trump supporters use, you know, like up here we have, well, you guys have it like built tough for, is that Ford? What is that? Yeah. They kind of used that ultra guy, typical wilderness image. And then they kind of turned it on its head and, and then used it against our relatively conservative politicians. It's, I love it. It was well done. I haven't seen a good commercial come out of any political campaign in forever. So this one, and it's not the, it's obviously a union, but it was well done. It's fantastic. I'm Hallie, by the way. Joanna. So I, a lot of people, and I forget that people don't know my actual name. <clears throat> well, I uh, stalked your whole TikTok to prepare for this. You st- <laughs> And then I, I said, hey, mom, I'm going to have this TikTok lady on my podcast. And she before I did, stalked your entire TikTok. Binge watched everything. Everything? Everything. So this is Amazing. my mom, Melody. I'm the happy crafter, Melody. Oh, how you doing? Yeah. So what, what would be your favorite? All of them. Of oh. the TikToks? <laughs> well, like the favorite. Yeah, yeah. When I first started TikTok, it's funny because I did a lot of lip syncing. You did? I can't sing to save my life. I'm not an actor. It all makes me kind of sweat. And so when I joined TikTok, I didn't even think about, to be honest, I didn't think about a lot of that because I didn't really know a lot of the avenues of TikTok. So I started doing this lip syncing stuff, which is just like fake acting and fake singing. And I, and I loved it, but it never really like it's, it did okay, but it wasn't until I opened my mouth and something political came out (laughs) that people were like, oh, you're fun. You know what I mean? So yeah, I did notice that as I was going through your 10,000K followers 
was only a year ago and you're over 300,000 now. Yeah, awesome. it was, it was weird. It, it like, it was slow in the beginning and I was like super happy to get to a thousand because I always wanted to do a live because I thought that was fun. But like, and my very first video, I think that did well was an Oreo video. Oh, I yeah. love that video. That, that was the very first one. And I'm like, and it wouldn't stop. Like people started nicknaming me and like, it wouldn't. And I'm like, uh oh, this is the danger, right? When you have a TikTok that goes, like that one didn't go huge, but when you have a TikTok that gets big, you're like, oh, oh, the, I could just be known for that thing. And then yeah. nobody wants anything else. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, I'm just going to be known as the girl, the gay chick that talks about how to eat an Oreo. <laughs> oh, I've boxed myself in. There's only so many cookies I can go here. Like I can't, but that was, that was perfect. I love that one. And it all started, it was a genuine story because my friends were making fun of how I was eating an Oreo at their house. And I'm like, excuse me, how do you? And, and literally there were a couple of my best friends, one bites it and one dunks it. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous, I can't. <laughs> well, you're the only one that eats it the correct way. That's, no, not everybody eats it that way, except for these two yahoos. That <laughs> and then I started seeing Oreos. People would send me Oreos about, they, people would have an Oreo and they would shove a fork in it so they could dunk it without getting their fingers dirty. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. That's I'm like, like this, and there's there's like contraptions. I'm like, I can't handle any of this. Yeah, Sorry, that's that's too much. Sorry if you could hear that. Can you hear that beeping? Yeah, I apologize. I don't know how to shut that off. How do I there, do? I shut uh, off my Bluetooth. I'm assuming that's on your phone. I'll shut my Bluetooth off on my computer. Oh, she's gonna keep texting me. Sorry. Well, if it's Anna or Melissa, it's important and you need to answer. No, it's actually this amazing individual who's a, a friend of Melissa's actually, who um, is coming over and helping me with the audio and the lighting for. Well, send her down to Washington so she can <laughs> fix this nonsense because this has been going on for a couple of years now. Because she hasn't seen your ambiance. <clears throat> such a perfect, she hasn't built it from her mind. Yeah, but this is, I don't do visual. You like you, you are, are you're a master yeah, yeah, visual. Yeah, I'm only audio. Right. And that's yeah. technically what a podcast is. It's just that in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I'm usually so animated that I'm just going to lose that, you know? So well, maybe I'll just. A lot of people are putting their stuff on YouTube, even if it's just audio, which I've thought about doing before and I just haven't been motivated. So thank you. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Even if it's the audio, because some people that's how they listen, they don't listen through the iTunes app or the Spotify oh, yeah. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So having it on there visually or audio is good because it just allows another avenue for people. Good. Um, good. Another thing to think about if you want to be, and I have not done this, I looked into it, but I just never got around to it because it's frankly a little bit expensive. If you want to make sure that you're inclusive for other people is to start doing transcripts. Oh, so cool. You can, you can send that to people and they will transcribe your podcast for people that are hearing impaired. Amazing. So I, that, so is that, there's a, how, how does a hearing impaired person get a they, podcast? They would read it. They, they so, will have a transcription of your audio. Would that just be on YouTube? Um, you could put a link to it, probably have like, put it on if you have a web page. Cause like maybe what I'll do. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't have my web page up yet, but maybe what I'll do is I'll get I'll get all of my podcasts on YouTube CC'd, right? 
And if you, you know, once you get your website set up, then you can link your audio and your on your YouTube and your transcript, It'll everything to that one website. Yeah. And that's why I originally started when I downloaded threads, because that's how I do a lot of my TikToks, was because somebody had said, Joanna, it's really hard for me to, because I can't, so I slow it down. I, I, but you're so funny. Is there any way that you can put, you know, lyric, like words up there? But we didn't have that yet in Canada. You guys had that on TikTok. And so I had to download another app. But I think it's so, it's so much better, period. It makes it visually, it looks cool. And then it just allows so many more people, you know? Well, and especially, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. especially if people don't want to listen to it at work and then they could just read it. Yeah. Well, sometimes the words aren't translated the same as what you're saying. That makes that's me laugh funny. even harder. Yeah. Sometimes that's even funnier. Yeah. People talked about the way kerfuffle was spelt for like. And you said that about died. She's been saying that for years. Kerfuffle? Kerfuffle. kerfuffle. But it was spelt wrong on whatever. But who the heck knows how that's supposed to be spelt? So like, but so many people like Joanna, by the way, this is how you spell kerfuffle. I'm like, okay. As if I'll, you wrote it out yourself. I'll get right on that. <laughs> I mean, we are within a year of each other. We're both Gen Xers. And by the way, happy belated birthday to you since it was Thank only two you weeks very ago. Much. Thank you very much. Two days ago was her birthday. Happy birthday so, to you. What, thank you. you. We're right in the same era. Exactly. We're, um, yeah, we'll jump into that later because I've got some Buffy content for you later on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm making Anna rewatch it. She hates every moment. <laughs> I'm like, you laughed. You, you laughed at that episode. You liked that episode. She's like, no. One line does not make a light. Okay. I do want to answer your question. My favorite TikToks at this point of yours are the ones where you'll say, Hun or Steven making a point. It's hilarious. I can't, I can't help it. It's the only way that I can get out my agitation without swearing. <laughs> well, feel free to swear on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> I don't have any limitations on my end. So <clears throat> yeah. So let me just um get my shit over here together <laughs> since we're talking about everything all over the place. So I, I'm actually just a newcomer to TikTok. I only started watching TikTok because people kept sending them to me and I got annoyed with, she did it before I did. Yeah. But I'm not on there. I don't have any videos on this. Well, I only did because then I started thinking about if, if I comment on someone's page and they go back to my page and then it doesn't have any content or anything, but I just look like a bot or some troll or something. I think only, I only get that vibe because I, and I will only comment that way if it's a negative or disparaging kind of, not, you can disagree with me, but if it's like, you know, what's wrong with your hat or are you trying to be a guy? All of those people, I don't, but if somebody says, thanks, that was a great video and you don't have any content, I, I just respond to that with nothing but love. I don't, there's lots of people who don't feel comfortable posting, but as long as you're not coming onto an app to then, you know, go and spread God knows what, then not everybody's comfortable, you know, taking up hours of their day trying to make videos of themselves. I mean, frankly, I don't know how you have the energy because, wow, you have a, you have a lot of content. COVID was a serious epidemic and I taught from home, right? So in the beginning, and I was posting three times a day. So in the beginning, I would just like make sure I had a bank of them, but there were a lot of lip syncs and a lot of things like that. 
Whereas now I, I, it's really once a day. And I feel like once a day is manageable, even if life gets busy, you know? And so I just want to make sure I can hit that mark. I've been going through withdrawal because you're only once a day. <laughs> you shouldn't have been to them in 24 hours. You weird. <laughs> yeah. She started asking me about the snake and the spider. What snake and spider? You posted some spider got a snake video and I had not gotten there yet. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. The people send me the scary, like at some point, again, at some point I posted, you know, uh, something I got scared of. And then all of a sudden my inbox is filled with terrifying videos that I can't ever unsee. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I try to be careful with what I open and then what I, a lot of people are like, can you blind react? Um, absolutely not. No. <laughs> the one you blind reacted to, you had... There was you, well, you did one and then somebody duetted it with you. It was a gal in the back, a tall gal, dark hair. She was kind of hunched over with a pink sweater. And you said, she looks blurry. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. And I looked in. Yeah. She looked in and this, you know, they do the I didn't move. see it. You know. oh, oh, you did see it. Okay. I forgot. Yes. That was hysterical. That was at school. I was at school and somebody came into my classroom after he said, what is going on? I'm like, listen, somebody sent me a video. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting a bad dance is what I was expecting. Not that. <laughs> it's been a while since those videos have made the rounds. The jump out it's at you. It's been screen. a while. Yeah, we probably put them back out there. <laughs> well, you have. <laughs> how, how is it to be famous influencer <laughs> all of a sudden like i mean yeah. i don't know i don't i really don't know i don't have a sense of the difference between 50,000 and 300,000 and a million like i don't get what that would feel like to me but to you what does that feel like i to be honest i think it started um resonating a little bit more because i have a lot of people that that like are on my lives all the time and that i talk to and that have been there since i had 5,000 so like that feels very, very familial to me and, and it's lovely. Um, but I would say over the last handful of months, I've started getting recognized. Mm, like outside so, of TikTok? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like at my bread store or my Nespresso lady or shopper, because it gets pushed out to your vicinity probably the most, right? right. So I think when I've started getting, getting that, I was at a Blue Jay game, um, not too long ago or a few days ago and somebody came up to me at the blue jays game which was kind of or somebody took a photo of me from behind and then posted <laughs> it on their tiktok and said unlearn is this you and i'm like oh yeah you were like two rows away from me just come say hi but when you're just is that a little creepy <laughs> well i i feel bad because i want everybody to know like i i will always say hi i am very accessible i'm not I always, if I have a mask on, I have a mask on, but I'm not very COVID like, you know, oh my God, don't ever talk to me. I'm not like that. And I want people to feel comfortable to come say hi if they want a photo. It's kind of funny because I could tell somebody kind of wanted a pic, but I don't want to offer that. Can you imagine being anybody and saying, oh, do you want a photo? And them saying, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm <laughs> so I, but if somebody wants a picture, absolutely, you know, um, I think Melissa and I have a little bit of a of a prank war going on right now. So, yeah. so 
I, I mean, that's also because she has such a huge following. Melissa was had a huge following off Facebook. I didn't know that. And then sort of has translated in, into this and she has all sorts of things going on. But um, I think that was the difference for me is just getting is getting noticed outside. And people are very sweet and very um, complimentary. And you, you know, immediately I feel a little like, I, I, I should have a thing where I can ask their name because I, I, I wanna be able to have a bit of a dialogue. So I'm not just saying, thank you, see you later. But I'm usually so, even though it's happened quite a few times, I'm so shocked by it that I don't quite, you know, I was bouncing into Baskin and Robbins the other day and a lady was there with her husband and two sons and she came out and I opened the door for them. And as I opened the door for them, she's like, oh my God, you're on learn. I love you on TikTok. And her husband looks so annoyed. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, thank you so much. And her kids are like, mom, what are you doing? Like, let's go. And, and stuff like I'm always caught off guard, but very much, you know, I want people to come up and talk to me or, you know, I usually try to offer a TikTok. I'm like, let's do a quick TikTok. And they're like, no, I don't go on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. you do have a very recognizable look and face. I think it's the hair. bright blue eyes that <laughs> stick out. Maybe so that even with the mask, you're probably yeah. pretty easy to recognize. I think so. I think so. Um, so that's, that's a great, you know, and I get a lot of really lovely a lot of people like the politics stuff, which is funny, but that's not personal to a lot of people. But a lot of people will talk about, you know, my kid had a hard time coming out or they're they're trans or they're, you know, they're having a problem at school or this or that. And I try to give as much as I can. And and that thanks and that banter is, you know, super rewarding. So does, does it get tiresome ever when you are? I mean, I, I started thinking about something a little more simple like getting asked about your tattoos constantly like go back and look at the other video but then I think about more personal like you're saying people asking you about um being gay or coming out or any of that kind of stuff does it ever get tiresome and having to be the person to answer that not for me yet um I've always been the kind of person though um questions never bother me like when people ask about my tattoos Sometimes I don't want to occupy too much time because everybody has heard me talk about it. So I don't want to repeat myself. It's not because I don't like talking about them because I love them all. And, and so I love talking about them, but I know that not everybody in that live wants to sit there and listen to me talk about all of the words on my, my forearm every time, but especially those questions about coming out or those questions about how they, because everything changes even for me. So fine, my coming out story is the same because that happened in a particular time period. But everything is very um, adjustable. Like there's always new information. There's I'm always getting new insights into it. So those questions I find incredibly important. I find they're the most important questions. Um, and, and it gives it could give anybody just like a little piece of like, Oh, I, I get that. Or I understand that. And so, no, I don't, I don't ever, I, I haven't gotten to that point yet. And I think cause my content is relatively diverse. A lot of my comments and a lot of my, the back and forth stuff tends to be relatively diverse too. Uh, so I don't get bored with that at all. 
but I think it's teacher too, right? Right. I, I, mean, I could talk for a long time. <laughs> well, you knew you came out when you were what, 25, you said? Yeah, I, I think 24, 25, yeah. Now, after you came out, how many of your friends came to you and said, we've known that for years? You know what's funny? So not a lot. And here's what the weird part is. So like, and if you go back, I'm going to do some picture stuff lately because I've only done one picture where I showed what I look like in high school. Yeah, I'm going to do that again because I just was redoing all my pictures. But um, I was pretty... Like, but I would get bored quick and I would move on to the next guy, right? And so I don't know how he, not a lot of my friends thought that I was gay, but what was interesting was as soon as I came out, some of my closest friends, not that they thought I was gay, but went, oh, we see you now. We, uh -huh. like, it was all of a sudden something got dropped, like a veil or a wall or a limitation that I didn't even know. Yeah. Right. I had no idea that I had. And some of my closest friends said, Joanna, we always think we're always really good friends, but you always had this thing, this distance. And now you don't anymore. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know that. But not a lot of people. My mom, everybody in my family was shocked. My family actually was like, you know, well, it's this new girl you're hanging out with. She's brainwashed. <laughs> First of all, that's offensive that I could be easily brainwashed. I go, and second of all, you know, it, it was hard for everybody to wrap their head around. It was a long time ago now too, right? Like 20, 22 yeah, years ago. It's a long time. <laughs> it was a long time. I was afraid to be out as a teacher because I, I hadn't got a teaching job yet. So I didn't want to tell anybody I was working at a private school. Now that was in different. Canada or Toronto area. Or have in Toronto, there. yeah. How was how was the culture there for that? I I have to say that I have never. It's not that I've never experienced homophobia, um, but I think the anticipatory idea that there would be. Hmm. So I was very my first year of teaching at Metro. I would be very much to all the staff would always use they them pronouns so you play the pronoun game i joke all the time i'm like when you don't want to come out but you don't want to actually just pretend that you're dating whatever then you just say they a lot right and so when i came out when work finally when my when those work people knew that i was gay they're like you think the pronoun who do you think that was fooling anybody <laughs> we all knew right um but yeah so i think I, I have still, I have never, I don't think, ever really experienced anything horrifically negative in my work life. Wow, that's uh, even in my personal life, um, my family didn't have a great time with it, but we worked through that. I think it was shock and I think it was very protective. My mom just didn't want, well, I don't want your life to be harder. I don't want you to face anything, all those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, you've had a couple of of stories, sort of people name calling or whatever, but nothing significant. I would guess that maybe in my workplace, because I have a great staff and a great principal, I'm going to guess that he's probably dealt with it. I just never knew. Maybe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I always thought, you know, well, if kids find out I'm gay and they want to get at me or they because, you know, they want to throw down all of a sudden all of these slurs are going to come out of the woodwork. 
never happened once. Mostly kids could give a crap. To be perfectly honest, they don't, it's boring. And so, and, and, and then I've seen that progress too. Like when I first started teaching, being gay, nobody would really talk about the problems with being gay. So we kind of passed that. But I remember kids debating whether gay couples should adopt. So that was a big debate. And then I saw that subside right? Where nobody wants to debate anymore because that's boring. Go ahead and adopt. And then, and then you'd see them argue oh, initially about gay marriage, sorry, then adoption, sure. then trans issues. And, and it's been interesting over 20 years as, as each four or five years, these issues come up, kids get bored, they don't matter. And then they fade away and, and everything gets better. You know, everything gets to save us. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially with kids don't, they really have to be taught all of the garbage that, you know, um, when I teach grade, I teach grade seven and eight, and you guys obviously have the same issues uh, in the States. And I talk a lot about residential schools, or I'll talk about our indigenous peoples. And, and then I'll talk about the discrimination they face. And I'll have grade seven and eights look at me like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, this is what happened. Like, but why would they do that? We, like they genuinely don't understand that discrimination yeah. and which is a beautiful thing. Um, but it just goes to show you that it's just, you know, it's so much taught and, and the more we can talk about it in another vein, the less that will ever be able to seep in there without their consent. You know, I really wish, you know, that critical race theory wasn't such a, it's not controversial, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't even be controversy, but I wish more people would even start in elementary school with, and the, the teacher's name is escaping me. I think it's Sally, the lady in the seventies that did the blue eye, brown eye. Oh yeah. She's amazing. Oh yeah, my gosh. She's so great. I yeah. I should know that. I should just know it. <laughs> I can't remember her name either, but her, her picture is clear in my head. Oh yeah. And of course I had to look it up. Her name is Jane Elliott. She, she was amazing. And I, I wish that would have stuck to just do that all the time to get kids to understand what it means to be different and othered. I think, you know, and it's really interesting because I, I, I will talk about critical race theory. I will talk about just any kind of feminist theory or any kind of theory, theoretical development. And when I talk to people and I do try to open this dialogue up with people that will like come at me with, you know, why are you trying to look like a guy or come at me with like racism doesn't exist anymore. All those things. I said, okay, Let's, let's just have the conversation. And I think what's at the root of a lot of it, I'm going to put hatred over here because hatred's something different because I think a lot of people, most people are just ignorant. I don't mean that mean, I don't mean that in a, in a rude way. I mean, we have the luxury a lot of the times being white, being Christian, being, you know, having a decent upbringing of getting to live in a bubble. Yeah. And that bubble is lovely. And I grew up in that bubble. The only thing that burst that bubble for me was the fact that I came out and all of a sudden the world looked different. But I think for the most part, when you grow up in that, and then your life can be hard for other reasons. When people then say these things, it really challenges the way you've always looked at the world. And maybe even the way you've, you have always thought and interacted with attack on your character or an attack on your privilege or an attack on the which it isn't it's not an attack on anything it's just reflective of something you've never seen yet you know and and mm -hmm. 
people are very protective of tradition and they're very protective of their way of looking at the world because it makes them feel good and it makes them feel safe. And then when these other things come at it, it's like, it's just too much. So it's so much easier to not have that kind of cognitive dissonance or that, that confusion in their head. They just exclude it as being a, a possibility, you know, hatred, something else. Yeah. That you got to put that in a different category, right? I always say like, you can teach ignorance. You can't teach stupid. And when I say stupid, I, I use that word purposely because people choose to not get educated. When you, when you don't have the access, that's different. When you choose to ignore evidence, when you choose to ignore stories, when you choose to ignore reality, then you're just choosing stupid. And I can't, you can't teach around that. You're going to live like that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had so many thoughts going through my head, but I was trying to be an active listener and I forgot all of them. <laughs> no, I was, I was just thinking as you were talking about the all the ways that we have grown up and the cultural pressures and living in that bubble and the, the other factor too seems to be that culturally we just don't accept when we're wrong we're never taught that it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to say yeah you know what i you're right and that little tiny thing that that little piece that's missing is what forces people into that fear corner and doesn't allow for a conversation and then they head towards stupidville yeah, and I, and I think it's funny, admit they're wrong in one instance. It's somehow um, damning of their entire life. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't be, if I'm wrong here, I've never been right. Right. Or exactly. I've never been a good person. Or I've never, you know what I mean? And it's like, it, nothing is all or nothing. And, I, and we live so much in that world um, and I, and I think this is true, just a personal dynamics too, right? That's why it's so hard in a relationship to say you're sorry. Cause if I say sorry about this one thing, then they've got me, then I'm sorry about everything that I've always been wrong, Yeah. which is just, it's just not the case. Right. But I think we also forget, and it, we, we talk about these big issues and we talk about these big life altering kind of dynamics of race and sex and gender and sexuality. And we forget well, unless you, it's you, but we forget that everybody's grown up in a very particular set of circumstance and that the power that has over a person is significant, mm -hmm. right? It, and it's, and it's really hard to sometimes traverse my bubble to your bubble and even have a conversation because they're so intrinsically different. And that's why I try really hard. Like I know I call, you know, politicians hun or whatever, but I do try very hard to have, I, I try to find people who are intelligent and respectful who don't agree with anything I say. I, I really did not do. get a chance to listen to the gender debate. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, with one guy's opinion. We're going to do a critical race theory one eventually too. Ooh. So that'll be fun because obviously he doesn't buy any of that either. But he's a great example. Him and I will disagree everything. It, like, from the beginning till the end, but, and we always set it up respectfully and we always use language that's respectful. And we always use, we try to make sure that we listen to each other when we speak, because I think that's the only thing that, it's really the only thing that matters. And, and it's hard, it's really hard to find on both sides of the aisle, whether you're talking politically or culturally, to be able to have that conversation. 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're setting a good example for how to have a nice, healthy dialogue. I, I hope so. I, I really do. I, I think that's when I, when I do have my, my podcast and I, I want to be able to, a lot of my podcasts, I want them to be conversational. I want them to be debate ridden. I want them to be like that. And so, you know, I said to one guy, I go, you got to come on. And he's like, I don't know if he will, um, because he has his own thing, but I'm like, but that's who I would like. I would like somebody who doesn't, who isn't in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Who isn't going to agree with everything I say? I mean, that's pretty boring if you're always around. Right? Yeah, nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> Horribly boring. Well, I I grew up a boomer, so the whole lifestyle is whole, is totally different. But I thank right. God for the way my parents raised me. Because I didn't grow up with a lot of bias like most people did. Right. It, which is, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And as much as she tried, though, that bubble theory really resonates with me because growing up in the Pacific Northwest was a bubble until yeah. I went in the military. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I realized that people still burn crosses. Yeah. And yeah, that's when my bubble got broke, too, when I went in the military. I was like, what? <laughs> What's happening? What year is this? Yeah. Uh, and it definitely does make you see things in a different way. And then when I went on to college and, and learned about things and experienced different types of people, and I really have found that about TikTok is the one good thing is it's bringing all these different voices that I don't normally get to hear or interact with to, to you know, get their perspective or know about what's going on with them. It also brings trash and other sure. kind of garbage. Yeah, absolutely. But you're always going to have that, right? So you'll always have the good and the bad. But like, I honestly believe that it, it is a beautiful representation, actually, of a lot of things. Like, even though the, the hate comments or the whatever might get a lot more views, that's no different than real life. Look at how the news is printed. Yeah. Run. Like, everybody's like, oh, TikTok. I'm like, really? Because I saw the six o'clock news and all they do is the same crap but they have money behind them and we're still buying it, right? We're buying that. And why are we buying that? That's an interesting conversation. But I remember before I was on here, my students would, you know, be on their phones and I'm like, what are you doing? And like, well, this is TikTok. And they'll show me, I'm like, what? I don't understand what you're watching, but can you stop show? Cause they'd watch weird TikTok. Can you stop showing me that? I, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> and it looks ridiculous. And then COVID, and I was, I went through a, a divorce. It was like COVID, a divorce. I was all alone in my house for like three months, just with my own thoughts. It was, and I'm like, well, I might as well join an anonymous group of people and lip sync. Seemed like an- That's a great transition um, because I do wanna talk about how you interact with your students and you being on TikTok, especially in the beginning mm -hmm. when you were doing many kind of thirst trap videos, as we said. But say. they were so boring, thirst trap. Like, I. There was some like, pretty I have ones. a. I wink. I, there's a wink. My, I might stick my tongue out. <laughs> what about the ones that you were duetting with people, though? Or they were oh, duetting with you? Oh, you mean like. Well, you mean like with staff or, or, uh, who there was else? a couple, a couple of, uh, 
lovely ladies that you. Were. I think it. I, yeah, Steph was a big one. Steph's so funny because <laughs> so Steph. If you guys know the Steph bomb, she's amazing, and she was the first person that like. Cause I, I started doing this and then I would duet her and she's like, Oh my God, you're amazing. And she did, she was so encouraging about something, you know, relatively frivolous. And uh, so we started doing a lot of things back and forth. And the only reason they escalated is because people were like thinking we we're dating and stuff's completely straight. And Steph's like, Oh, this is going to be fun. And so we, <laughs> they would up themselves and we would up ourselves. Right. Well, I mean, uh, it's the U-Haul game, right? Everybody automatically thinks if a lesbian looks at another lesbian, they're moved in together. <laughs> now, that is stuff. true. <laughs> that is pretty factual. Um, so, yeah, so some of those were like that. I guess I. it's funny. So a lot of people will say, you know, are there any? I'm like, listen, not only do I can any of my students watch it? I said, but to be truthful on parents night, I'll put up my reel. If they want to watch it, I'm like all in. I said, there's nothing. I, I don't really live. I, I think some people very much separate who they are from what they do. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I've just never been that person except for that first year of teaching where I tried real hard. <laughs> it's just too much work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who I am is why I teach and vice versa. So for me, um, if I put anything out on Twitter, on Instagram, on here, on, you know, I'm a hundred percent fine with any of my students seeing it. I'm hundred percent fine because this is where obviously I can get some trouble. Any of my parents seeing it. Um, my boss at work, originally I was a little, you know, because I started gaining more notoriety and I, and I wouldn't say where I worked. And I went up to Wayne, who is the, the owner of my school, who's a lovely individual. And I said, listen, I have about, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers on TikTok. And he's like, what's TikTok? <laughs> okay. So it's this. And I tried to describe it. He's like, so let me see some. So he'd start so the upper, you know, the, the owners of my school and, and stuff like that would start watching my TikToks. And so Wayne's favorite, by the way, is when I did Justin Bieber and Madonna, oh, yeah. Justin Timberlake and Madonna. He's yeah. like, is that you in a wig? And, Cause Wayne's always like, Joe, can we wear a dress tomorrow? And my response to Wayne is if you do. Yeah. <laughs> and he laugh and we have that banter, right? Where he's, 70 something I know he's still stuck in a certain mentality but he's also the kind of guy that I can look him dead in the face and say I'll wear heels as soon as you throw on a pair let's go <laughs> let's get matching ones you know yeah. And, yeah. I, and I like that I like the fact that he can exist in that world and I know where he comes from and I know how he grew up like he grew up on a farm he grew totally different world but yet here's me who I didn't necessarily, when I started teaching there, my hair was a little bit longer, even though it was short, I didn't have any tattoos and I could progress the way I've progressed. Uh, but I've always been encouraged to have a strong opinion. You know, every once in a while, he'll look at my tattoos. He'll be like, Joe, you got some dirt on your arm. You should go wash that off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how it got there. I'll go take care of it right now. But this is a guy that when I interviewed with him, uh, we fought. We had a political flat out fight about teachers unions. I didn't know how it started. Like I, I didn't, 
I didn't know who Wayne was before I went there, but I didn't know how it started. And all of a sudden I'm immersed in, cause he, I work at a private school. I don't have a union. There's no union there, but teachers unions are a strong force. Right. And I did my master's thesis on union. So anyway, we started to fight to the point guys where I had a vein, like bulging, <laughs> like I mean, thought, and I left and I called my mom and I went, I don't know what just happened. I, I went in. No, I, I've never not gotten a job that I've interviewed for. I said, I'm not getting that one. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean you fought with them? I said, mom, this is what happened. I go, and I'd already rented a place in Toronto. I went home and I'm just, I said to my, I don't, I, I'm going to be working at McDonald's because I didn't get that job. <laughs> and two weeks later, you know, he, I got the job, obviously. And we've been fighting for 20 years. <laughs> Beautiful. Every day. So you've been at the same school for 20 years? Same school for 20 years. That's awesome. Shoot, you, you're going to be having your students' kids pretty soon. Because uh, <laughs> my oldest students are like, re like pushing their 40s. Yep. Because it wouldn't have been much of a difference. Because I also, in Canada, in Ontario, we used to have grade 13. So grade 13 was my first teaching year. So they could have been 19 years old. And I was five or six, seven years older, maybe. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I can't imagine that. you're not most kids' favorite teacher. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you probably, most, most kids are like, ah, oh, history, meh. But you probably make it fun. You're one of those teachers. I think I do, but I think sometimes I go, I, I think my aesthetic, for kids that know me, yeah. But my aesthetic makes them think I'm always going, I'm just the, you know, People think, look at me and think certain things of me too, right? Like, oh, Joanna must have a good time on the weekend, guys. <laughs> I'm in bed by nine. No, I watch, no. I watch Gilmore Girls. I don't. Even at sixteen, my mom said I was always forty-five. Like, I don't like to be up late. <laughs> I don't. I don't like to not have a plan. I've just always been that person. So yeah, the tattoos and the haircut and the earrings or whatever. I go, but. All of this is front. It doesn't lead to that kind of person. So in my room, I think I like to have really great debates. I like to have really great discussions. I like to have fun. But with that, with kids, you got to have a hard back end line. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They got to know how far can I go and when do I not, you know? And that's um, what makes a great teacher. I mean, yeah. I, I've had teachers where... I did not want to take that subject and the teacher made all the difference and made us want to stay through break and made us want to learn, you know, because it was, they made it interesting. They made it alive. And I get that feeling just from watching you and your passion when you talk about things that you would make that alive for them. No, thank you. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I love to do. Absolutely. Like your sex say, education. Sorry. <laughs> your sex education. Oh my God, that was so funny. You don't understand. I am still traumatized. I don't have any kids, but <clears throat> I'm still traumatized by that. By that, and and the funny part is, is that I've never. I don't. I'm not a gym teacher. I don't even know why I was in that room. It was just like you do your practice teaching. They kind of throw you a lot of places, and but I end up doing sex ed every year in grade ten and grade twelve. But I do it in history class and I do it usually in politics because it, a part of the curriculum, inevitably, I talk about HIV and AIDS. I mean, it and really does fit in with sex it and history. Just, 
it rolled, right? And, and in grade 10, it's like, it's the first time they're really hearing me, but they're very quiet about it. But in grade 12, guys, they're on the edge of their seat. They want to hear every single thing I am about, because they didn't pay attention before, or they were right. too, you know, they were uncomfortable or whatever. But grade 12s, they still don't know what, what a period is. I'm like, what? Did you guys not listen? to? What? How do you not know what that is? You know? So yeah, it was, it's been interesting. And I grew up in an era and uh, so did you. I mean, when I was in high school, HIV and AIDS was like, was like COVID. Like it was the scariest thing. And we learned about it in history, in math, in phys ed, in geography. It didn't matter because everybody was trying to, in, you know, ingrain it into us about safe sex and, and about how dangerous this this virus was whereas kids now they're like whatever i'm like syphilis coming back oh my god right in alberta the rate well i'll tell you and i'm not joking like when i made that video and i and i really looked at the stats and then i looked at the ways in which we talk to our kids about sex and how sometimes that goes through cycles depending on who's so the way that our educational system works and i'm similar in the united states is provincially it gets dictated. So provincially they come up with a curriculum, right? So it really does matter who your premier is, who's equivalent to your governor. It really does matter who that individual is because they can they can change the entire curriculum. Hmm. And Doug Ford, for example, decided that uh, Ontario's yeah. premier, hun, he decided that we shouldn't be teaching kids too much sex education. So he's going to revert to 1998 curriculum. I'm like, that has an incredible, and, and you get that for five years. That's a whole generation of kids that you just skipped over and didn't teach them anything. And this generation of kids, by the way, has the internet, Doug. Like, you can pretend it doesn't exist, but they're going to go on God knows what, and nobody in a position of authority is talking to them about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the same thing happens. And up here, we have Catholic schools that are publicly funded, which is ridiculous. Um, and they don't have to teach anything, right? They teach, don't do it. Oh, that's, that's helpful. Because we all know none of those Catholic kids are doing anything inappropriate. Of course, like, of course they are. And, and that's what in Alberta, the premier of Alberta has changed the curriculum. And he said to the Catholic board, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do when it comes to sex ed. And then all of a sudden you see the spike of syphilis. Yeah. I would never imagine syphilis would be coming back. It, it's, it, it's insane. I tell, I, the one I talk about to the kids a lot about is super gonorrhea only because in my head, it wears a cape. I think that's funny. But I say like this, this STI is such an incredible example of A, our ignorance, B, our lack of responsibility, and then C, of our overuse of medication in order to fix things and not even taking the medication right. And then we've created this, right? And the kids just sit there and like, yeah, but I, I, I don't want either. Sorry? They don't get it at home either. They need that education at home. Yeah. Any parent I've pretty much assured, you know, and I talk about, if my kids ask me a question, I talk about it. And I've, I've very much waited for a parent to pick up the phone and say, you know, stop talking to my kid about that. But 
any parent that says, I don't want them learning because it's a family, it's a, you're not learning it anywhere. Right. That you're, you're not talking about it, period. Like I, we, our school had grade six for a while. And so these little grade sixes who are beacons of information would hear the grade 12s talking and then come right to my classroom. Joanna, what's abortion? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Because where well, else are they going to hear it? The yep. internet? That's where you want them to hear it? This is what I'm saying. You know, back in the time, around that time, the kids started asking me about what a roofie was because there was that story of the kid who ate, you know, those little spongy things and they ate them in Australia or something. And there was a hmm. chemical byproduct that was rohypnol that, and he oh. was put into a coma. I don't think I heard about that. Yeah. No, so it's just, that was a long time ago, but it was just like, they hear everything. They, they were talking about, you know, um, genital mutilation because a kid was doing a project mm -hmm. on a country in Africa. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, try to tackle that one. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah those are okay. tough. All right. So let's get some anatomical drawings out. <laughs> she got so sick of me trying to teach her any kind of sex education. If there was a program on, it, on AIDS like there was when and I wanted her to watch it because I needed her to understand. Yeah. She did not want to watch it, but she watched it. Yeah, of course she would. Of course she would. Well, I thought about beat her up not to. <laughs> my mom's a nurse or she was a nurse her whole career. And so when I started having questions at like, because when I was like seven or so, I had some older friends and they, they would say, oh, Joanna, you don't know what sex is. I'm like, sure. It's when two people sleep together. And they're like, yeah, but what do they do? And so my immediate response was, I'm going to go ask my mom. And they lost it. My friends were like, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. <laughs> so I, I go home and I'm like, mom. And so my mom wants to answer, but my mom also doesn't want to answer in front of these three kids. Um, so she picks up the phone and calls all their parents and listen, I'm about to have this conversation with Joanna. Do you, do you want me to send your kids home? All of them were like, no, go right ahead. <laughs> So they knew she was a nurse and she was going to explain it very sort of, you know, and to be honest, to seven-year-olds, who the hell cared? It's kind of, you know, it's interesting how we had, like, when those questions come up, who they ask, and I, I just never want to be the teacher that says, don't ask, go ask your parent or ask somebody else, or that's private. I just, there isn't. Everything should be fair game to have a good conversation, a healthy conversation about it. Okay, well, as you just heard, uh, it's very easy to talk to Joanna about many different subjects, and this was the easiest place to take a break for part one. So I hope you join us for part two, where we get into all other kind of conversations, particularly about pop culture references. Please hang in there, and uh, you want to come back and hear it before anything happens to you, because someday we'll all be dead. <laughs> <laughs>